As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter one. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy to read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. The C.S. Lewis Podcast with Alistair McGrath. Thank you for listening to the show that brings you the thought and theology of C.S. Lewis with me, Ruth Jackson. Discover more about Lewis by visiting premierunbelievable.com, where you can also find lots of great articles, resources and podcasts. And you can also register there for the chance to win a free book. If you enjoy listening to the C.S. Lewis Podcast, please do consider rating and reviewing it. But now for today's show. I am absolutely delighted to be joined by David Bates, a Brit living in the US who is one of the hosts of the absolutely fantastic Pints with Jack podcast. David, thank you so much for joining us again. Not at all. This is lovely. This is kicking off my Advent season. Um, we're going to be talking about Christmas, and um, but before we do that, we, the last time we had you on, we were talking about the C.S. Lewis Reading Day, and I wondered whether you could just give us a little bit of a summary of some of the things that went down, how you think it went from from your perspective, because you were very much one of the pioneers behind the inaugural C.S. Lewis Reading Day. I thought it went really well. We had lots of podcasts and YouTube channels participating, and actually didn't find out about some of them until the actual day itself when I went searching for the hashtag and discovered that there were other podcasts that were marking the day as well. Uh, We also had two live streams, one East Coast time in the United States and the other Pacific Coast time. And we had a bunch of content creators on both of them. And yeah, it was really fun hanging out with your fellow nerds. And uh, I'm particularly excited because I think there's going to be more collaboration among that group in the future because I was getting to introduce a bunch of people to each other that hadn't previously uh, known each other, whereas we pretty much had all of the participants on our show at some point, but now we could share Mm. them with the wider community. Yeah, that's so great. And I guess that was part of your vision behind it, wasn't it? Not mm. only to get people, you know, a sort of sense of community, people talking about Lewis, but also hopefully reach some people that have never really engaged with Lewis, or if they have kind of on a surface level to go a little bit deeper into some of his works that they've maybe not encountered before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Great. Well, let's talk about Christmas. We're in December now. Uh, you're you're drinking whiskey, which is kind of festive. I've got like a semi-festive jumper on. The Christmas decorations aren't up in my house yet. Are they up in yours, David? No, no. When I was growing up, we would do that stuff very, very late, like December 23rd, 24th. Okay. That's when we'd usually go get our tree. And it was, it was one of the things as kids that we were allowed to do at that point. Uh, but uh, right, I've sort of carried right. that through. And also, I'm just kind of lazy. It's like, ah, I'll get to it eventually. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, on that note, what does Christmas look like in the Bates household? Do you have kind of key traditions or or things that you sort of carried from childhood into adulthood? Well, 
now that I'm married, we're, we're fairly new in terms of traditions at the moment. They're just nasty habits that we haven't quite managed to quit. Uh, but we've got a lot of family around us. And uh, in the Dixon family, which I married into, um, they usually get together at Christmas Eve. That's usually the big one where everybody comes together. Uh, and back in my single days, I'd actually usually go to the midnight service on New Year's Eve. But I now have small children. So unless I want to fight a, a sleep addled toddler, I'm not going to do that. So we typically go Christmas morning. <laughs> and on Christmas Day, we try and make time just for the four of us, myself, my wife, and our two children. And then we meet up with the wider family in, in the evening. But this year is going to be particularly special because my mother is visiting for the whole of Advent and Christmas. I literally just brought her from Chicago just a couple of hours ago. Oh, that's so fun. That's so fun. Well, let's talk about C.S. Lewis because, you know, I, I, people probably want to know more about you, but this is, after all, the C.S. Lewis podcast. Mm -hmm. I mean, do we know what C.S. Lewis thought of Christmas? What, what, did, what did Christmas mean to C.S. Lewis, David? Well, it's something of a tricky question because it changed over time, depending upon his mm -hmm. age, his worldview, and his life circumstances. So, I'm sure as a child, he enjoyed Christmas like every other child, but uh, a shadow would have been cast over it fairly early on with the death of his mother, Flora, when he was nine. Mm. And after that, his dad sent him to boarding school in England, which he hated. And so I think the, uh, the, the holidays, Christmas, would have been associated with him coming home to Ireland uh, and a, a real mm. reason to, to, to be joyful. Um, but of course, the major event of his teenage years was becoming an atheist which necessarily rather drains Christmas of its religious meaning, or at least its religious significance for Lewis. And um, in his works, he talks about being unable to talk to his father about his loss of faith. And he actually allowed himself to be prepared for confirmation and first Holy communion. And he just went through the religious motions. And in his spiritual autobiography, Surprised by Joy, he describes it as one of the worst acts of my life acting apart, eating and drinking my own condemnation. But of course, he did eventually return to his faith. And at that point, mm. then Christmas for him became about the incarnation of Christ. He described it as the birth of Christ as the central event in the history of Earth, the very thing the whole story has been about. And I'm sure various shades of meaning would have been added to Christmas as he met his future wife, Joy Davidman, and brought her family into his home, and including two young boys. Uh, and I'm sure, of course, Joy's death, much like his mother's, would have would have changed his experience of the season as a whole. But we're actually very fortunate because Lewis, he wrote about Christmas a lot in his different works and one essay in particular, which is entitled, What Christmas Means to Me. Before we rejoin the rest of today's podcast, I have a very special offer for you to help you have an even more meaningful spiritual experience this Easter. As you know, N.T. Wright is without doubt one of the greatest Christian thinkers and apologists of our time, and some of Tom Wright's answers to questions about Jesus' death, resurrection and return are some of the most poignant and thought-provoking. That's why we've created a brand new downloadable devotional resource that's perfect for the Easter season featuring these questions and Tom's answers. This five-day devotional journey titled Jesus' Death, Resurrection and Return is only available to friends like you as our thanks for your gift today. And remember, your support is truly critical to help keep resources and podcasts like Ask Inti Write Anything and Unbelievable going strong 
because this ministry is completely funded by friends like you. So please give the very best gift you can today and make sure to download your copy of Jesus' Death, Resurrection and Return devotional at premierinsight.org forward slash C.S. Lewis. That's premierinsight.org forward slash C.S. Lewis. Thank you. David, you've definitely just touched on this a little bit, but does Lewis explicitly mention Christmas in any of his books or writing at all? Yes, he does. And when you told me that you wanted to do this episode, I I went looking and I was kind of shocked (laughs) as to how many places he does talk about it. And the most explicit mention, of course, is in The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. When we actually first see Mr. Tumnus, we're told that what with the parcels in the snow, it looked just as if he had been doing his Christmas shopping. And when Lucy goes for tea <laughs> with Thomas, he tells her that the white witch makes it always winter and never Christmas. And this this phrase is repeated many times in the story until Mr. Beaver announces that her magic must be failing because he's met somebody. He's seen Father Christmas, a huge man in a bright red robe, bright as holly berries, with a hood that had fur inside it, and I love this bit, and a great white beard that fell like a foamy waterfall over his chest. And Father Christmas then gives the children uh, some presents, and he says they're tools, not toys. But he also ensures that there's merrymaking. Uh, And and in a truly British way, uh, the text says, he brought out a large tray containing five cups and saucers, a bowl of lump sugar, a jug of cream, and a great big teapot, all sizzling and piping hot. Then he cried out, a merry Christmas. Long live the true king. I mean, who has cream in their tea? I don't know. Americans? I'm not sure. (laughs) But there is actually also an oblique reference to Christmas in the last of the Narnian Chronicles, in the last battle. Lucy says, in our world too, a stable once had something inside it that was bigger than the whole world. And that mysterious line rather confused me as a child. But obviously, as an adult, I look back and I understand which stable it's referring to. That was one of the memes that you guys had provided on the Pints with Jack website for the um, C.S. Lewis reading day, wasn't it? And I I, I was aware that lots of people were sharing that because once you understand what it means, that is actually a really powerful line, isn't it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's actually got echoes of the early church. There's an icon of Mary with the Christ child in her womb, and it refers to her as a, a womb more spacious than the heavens because the idea that you have this eternal God who is being enclosed in something very, very small. But there actually are also references to Christmas in Lewis's other works. In Mere Christianity, he echoes the earliest church fathers like Irenaeus and Athanasius when he makes this very bold statement that the Son of God became man to enable men to become sons of God. And he he unpacks this meaning in his book Miracles, where he says that in the Christian story, God descends to reascend. He comes down, down from the heights of absolute being into time and space, down into humanity, down further still if embryologists are right, to recapitulate, to to do over in the womb ancient and pre-human phases of life, down to the very roots and seabed of the nature. So that Christ came incarnate, he, he assumed our nature in order to redeem it. And the fathers would say what wasn't assumed wasn't saved. So this is how we know that Christ was truly mm. human as well as truly God. And in the book of miracles, Lewis goes on to say, the central miracle asserted by Christians is the incarnation. They say that God became man. Every other miracle prepares for this or exhibits this or results from this. But as I was doing my research, I found it very interesting that Lewis's view of Christmas wasn't at all sentimental. It was important, but not sentimental. 
because in Reflections on the Psalms, he notes that the prayer book used by the Anglican Church for Christmas Day has Psalm 110 appointed for reading. And in Reflections on the Psalms, he says that in this, there's nothing about peace and goodwill, nothing to suggest a stable in Bethlehem. He says the note is not peace and goodwill, but beware he is coming. Thank you for listening to the C.S. Lewis podcast with me, Ruth Jackson. Discover more about Lewis by visiting premierunbelievable.com, where you can also find lots of great articles, resources and podcasts. And do register there for the chance to win a free book. That's premierunbelievable.com. If you enjoy listening to the C.S. Lewis podcast, please do consider rating and reviewing it. Thank you for listening and see you next time.